this Sunday just before New Year's. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about uh, New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to talk about it in a little bit of a different way, talking about convictions, things that God has led us toward. But before we get there, I do want to let you know that next week, John Mark is going to start a sermon series that we are calling uh, How to Be Sad, which seems like an odd thing to do at the start of a new year. It seems like a new year should be hopeful. It seems like there should be a lot of joy surrounding this. Uh, but we're going to talk about a couple of books from the Old Testament, uh, the books of Ecclesiastes, Job, uh, some of the Psalms, and Lamentations, these four books that come out of the Old Testament. And, and each of them has a different take on what it means to live life when things aren't going the way that you think they should. Uh, and so as, as we start this new year, we're going to start this four-week sermon series, and let me tell you, we're going to fly through these books. Uh, the book of Job is like 42 chapters. John Mark is going to cover it in one Sunday. So you guys, uh, you guys need to you know, read Job ahead of time and, and make sure that John Mark covers every single bit of that book. And if he doesn't, let him know, okay? Uh, the book of Psalms is 150. Uh, I have to tackle 150. So John Mark, his task is like less than half of what I have to cover. So, uh, but we're going to run through these four books, and I'm really excited about it, and I hope that you'll be excited too, because as we start the new year, we all know that there are going to be things that don't go the way that we want them to go. And so we're going to look at what these four books have to tell us uh, about the, uh, life when it's not going the way that we want it to. So I hope that you'll join us. I hope that uh, you'll invite someone to come with you and look forward to next Sunday when John Mark kicks it off with the book of Ecclesiastes. But today, today is the, the Sunday before New Year's. And before New Year's, uh, I thought it would be nice for us to talk about what we all typically do around this time of year. Now, New Year's is not a particularly uh, religious holiday. Uh, It's not even seemingly that spiritual. But around this time of year, people are open to some very spiritual things. Perhaps you are too. Uh, You might not even recognize that these are spiritual things. But around this time of year, uh, we typically tend to do a couple of things. We tend to reflect what went well this past year. Uh, What can I reflect upon? What can I look back and remember fondly? We also tend to remember. Perhaps uh, there's something that's changed in your life, and and, and so you remember the change that you've gone through, Uh, whatever that thing is, the the difference that we we have today compared to what you had at this time last year. So we reflect on some things. We remember other things. And, of course, we anticipate new beginnings. We, We think about what opportunities do we have? What are the possibilities that this new year offers to each of us? And so whether or not we realize it, these all actually happen to be very spiritual things, part of a very spiritual conversation that each one of us typically goes through around this time of year when we reflect back and remember and look ahead to new beginnings. But today, I don't want to just talk about resolutions. Uh, I think resolutions are great. Uh, I'm going to dog on them here for just a second, but I think they're great. Uh, And in fact, if you still want to use the word resolution at the end of today, I give you two thumbs up. I give you my permission. Uh, Resolution is a great word. But today, I want to talk about conviction. And really, I want to talk about the passive form of conviction. I want to talk about being convicted. Because around this time of year, uh, perhaps you're like me, your resolutions, perhaps they're personal goals, perhaps uh, they might be something within your family. But I think within our church family, there are opportunities for each of us to be convicted by God, to, to look at this new year as a new possibility for new beginnings, for new opportunities for us to follow more and more closely who Jesus is, for us to look more and more like Christ. And so today I want to talk about convictions, and I want to talk about being convicted. 
And, and as, as I talk and as I shared this morning, I hope that you'll be thinking about the ways that you're being convicted. In fact, uh, towards the end of my sermon, I'm, I want to give you an opportunity to share some of those in a couple of different ways. So I really do encourage you and invite you to be thinking, what is it that God is convicting me of? What is it that as 2019 gets underway in the next couple of days, what can I do to more and more closely resemble the person of Jesus? And so resolutions, I said I'm going to dog on them for a second. Resolutions are, are fantastic. Uh, they're great. Uh, typically, resolutions sound something like personal goals. Uh, like, I want to lose uh, 20 pounds, I think is what Steve said. Uh, I want to lose 20 pounds this year, uh, and uh, we, we do great in January, and then February rolls around, and we totally forget about it, and we go back to our normal diets, and uh, everything is back to normal the way that it was. Uh, it might look like something a little bit different. It might say, well, this year we want to make some changes. Uh, perhaps it's personal or, or, or as a family. We want to make some changes. We want to exercise more. We want to go to the park more often. We want to spend more time at the dinner table together. And these are all wonderful beautiful things. Things that we ought to do and things that we ought to think about. But one thing that I notice about resolutions is that a lot of the time, they only require the effort of one person. You. They're all up to you. If you're lucky, they they might include your family or a close friend, somebody that, that you can join together with and that you can support and encourage each other along the way. But when we think about being convicted, when we think about Uh, particularly God convicting us through the work of the Spirit. See, that requires something much more than just ourselves. That requires that we're paying attention to what it is that God is doing in our life. It means that we're paying attention, we're listening for God's leading, that we're open to what God has in store for us. And so I like the word conviction a little bit better than I like the word resolution. And I know that after this morning happens, uh, after the sermon, after the service ends, uh, some of you are going to come up to me, and you're going to find a way to work in the word resolution into a conversation with me just to see if I will correct you, uh, just to see if I'll change uh, your language back to conviction. I'm looking directly at you, Mr. Brandon Hepburn. Some of you are going to keep doing that, and that's perfectly fine. The word resolution is a great word. It's a great opportunity for us to reflect and think of ways that we can better ourselves. But particularly in this context, I hope that we'll be open to what God is putting on our hearts, to what God is doing among us and through us. So I do want to take a look at a passage of Scripture today. In fact, it's just a really short passage of Scripture. If you've got a Bible, feel free uh, to turn over to Luke chapter 9 with me, and we're going to read just one verse together this morning. Uh, Just one simple verse. It's a verse that if you're reading through the Gospel of Luke, you might actually just read over it, and you might not even really recognize what it is that you've read. In fact, the the sections that come immediately before this section and and immediately after seem like they're much more interesting sections. Uh, They they contain stories, they contain plot, uh, they contain narrative, and this verse is simply uh, thrown into the mix. mix. And so we're going to spend some time reflecting on this one verse because Luke uses this verse uh, multiple times in different ways. Uh, But Luke begins this verse in in chapter 9, and he's going to sprinkle it all throughout the rest of his gospel. And in fact, when we read this verse, you're going to not immediately understand why it is that we're reading this verse. Because, like I said, it's unremarkable. It doesn't seem uh, to to really capture our attention. But I want to spend some time reflecting on this verse as we read together today. So, if you've got your Bible open, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. If you don't have a Bible, uh, hopefully it'll be on the screen behind me. It says, As the time approached when Jesus was to be taken up into heaven, he determined to go to Jerusalem. And that's it. That's the verse. 
Like I said, you might be tempted to just read over this verse. It's just continuing the story. It's not really adding that much to it. But Jesus is simply going on to Jerusalem. He's going to go. He's going to go to the, the, the city where, where Israel is, is, is it's the capital city. It's the place where all the action takes place. It's where the temple is located. It's where God is thought to reside with his people. And so Jesus is simply on a journey. He's going to Jerusalem. The section right before this, uh, in fact, sounds a lot more enticing for us to spend some time on. Because the section right before this is Jesus' 12 disciples getting into an argument over who's the best disciple. Who's the greatest? Which one of us is going to be your right-hand man? And, And we could spend a lot of time talking about that and applying that to our own lives. But Luke moves on to this verse. And then after this verse, he he continues uh, with another interesting story. He he tells a story about how Jesus is traveling through a Samaritan village, and the Samaritan people reject him, and they don't want to welcome him. They want him to continue on the road and and bypass their city entirely, which is kind of an odd reaction because typically what you see in the Gospels most often is when Jesus arrives somewhere, they can't wait to welcome him. They can't wait to hear what he has to say. Maybe the crowds will will travel and journey to where Jesus is, uh, and they won't even give him a second to himself. But this particular city says, no, uh, just keep going. We don't want you here. And so this one verse that's sandwiched right in between these two stories just sounds like it's a part of the ongoing narrative. It just sounds like it's thrown in there by Luke to help us understand where Jesus is geographically. And it certainly does help us to do that, but I think Luke is doing something much more with this verse, in fact. Uh, In the English Standard Version, uh, it it finishes this verse a little bit differently. The the version that I read said that Jesus determined to go to Jerusalem. But the English Standard Version says it a little bit differently. It says that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face to go this way. Uh, That's kind of an odd phrase, isn't it? I don't typically talk about setting my face to go anywhere, uh, but you can almost see this image that Luke is trying to help us understand, that at this point, halfway through his gospel, Luke wants us to know that Jesus has set his face towards Jerusalem, and nothing is going to change that. Do you know what's in Jerusalem, other than the temple and other than the, the festivities and the festivals that the Jewish people hold? Do you know what Luke's whole purpose in writing this gospel is? to tell us what Jesus is going to do when he gets to Jerusalem. Halfway through the gospel, Luke begins to tell us Jesus has determined to go here. He's going to Jerusalem. He has set his face in this direction, and nothing is going to change that. Because when he gets to Jerusalem, he's going to sacrifice himself. He's going to to be willing to give his life up for his followers, for the Jewish people, for even the Gentiles, and for people 2,000 years later, like us. Jesus sets his face. He sets his direction, and nothing is going to get in the way of him getting to Jerusalem. For the rest of, the, of this gospel in, in, in the book of Luke, he's going to sprinkle in reminders about this journey the rest of the way. Uh, over a dozen times over the next 11 chapters, Luke reminds us Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. He's on the way to that city. It's as if Luke keeps telling us a story, but then reminding us, oh yeah, Jesus hasn't changed where his face is set towards. He is determined to get to Jerusalem. Which makes me wonder, what is it 
today when we think about being convicted by God and setting resolutions for this new year? What is it that we are setting our faces towards? What are we determining to do? Because Jesus, in the Gospel of Luke, halfway through the Gospel, Luke tells us Jesus is set on this. In every chapter just about for the rest of the story, Luke reminds us Jesus is on the way to give himself for us. He's on the road. He's determined to get there. And so for the rest of our time together today, I want us to reflect on this question. And I want us to think about it in terms of what are we being convicted by God to do this next year? What is it that we can set our faces toward? And what can we continue to move closer and closer to? I hope that ultimately it will look like us looking more and more like the person of Jesus. I hope that whatever your resolution is, whatever it is that God is putting on your heart and convicting you of, that it will help you to show who God is, that it will help you to, to look like Jesus in our world today. Uh, but as, as we kind of near the, the end of, of my time to preach for you today, I, I want to offer us an opportunity, uh, a, a place for us to do this together. Uh, I want us to, to think about these in terms of what is it that we as a church body are going to do. And now these are not going to be things that, that we uh, are determining from, from an eldership or from a staff perspective. These are simply things that God is placing on our hearts. What is it that we in this body are determined to do? What is it that you, as a follower of Jesus, are setting your face toward? Now, uh, to be fair, I'm going to go first. I'm going to share a couple of things that I'm being convicted of personally, me. This is just me, that I feel like I need to pay attention to in this next year, that I need to set my face toward and do a better job of thinking intentionally about these things. But I do want to offer each of you an opportunity to do the same today. And so as I share the things that I'm being convicted of, I hope that you'll be thinking, what is it that God is putting on my heart to do in this next year? Now, you may not be able to figure it out in one day. You may not have it all figured out today. You may need to spend some time uh, in prayer, thinking about this question, thinking about what is it that God is asking me to do this next year. And if that's the case, that's wonderful. I hope that you will take the time to do that. I hope that you will spend some time in intense prayer asking God to convict you of what you need to do to look more like Jesus this year. But some of us have been thinking about this for a long time. Some of us have been thinking about this uh, since September and October. We've been thinking we need to do something differently this next year. I need to make some changes in my own life. I need to do something. And maybe that's God and God's spirit working in your life and in your heart. And so I hope that you'll pay attention to that prompting today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a couple of convictions of my own. And then I'm going to give you a couple of opportunities, a couple of different ways that you can share things that you're being convicted of today this past year or this next year, things that you want to do as a follower of Jesus to look more and more like Christ. And I'll tell you what those ways are here in just a minute, but first I want to share with you three convictions of my own. Uh, Three is not a magical number, uh, although it is a very godly number. Uh, And so I'm going to share three convictions of my own, uh, and, and then I'm going to invite you to reflect and to think about your convictions. What is it that God is convicting you to do in 2019? Okay, so my first conviction, the thing that I thought about and said, I need to pay more attention to this, I need to really direct my face towards this, is worship. Worship. Uh, A lot of times when we gather together in this time, uh, all that we do is worship. But particularly when we gather in this place, a lot of times I'm so distracted during our worship. I don't know about you, but but I'm often thinking about what I've got to say when I get up here. 
I'm often thinking about what is it that I've got to do immediately after church today. Uh, maybe you're thinking about where you're going to go to lunch, uh, and that would be just in line with what I'm thinking. Uh, but I want to pay attention to worship. I want to pay attention to the words that we sing together. I want to pay attention to the way that my life reflects the glory and the majesty of our God. And so I want to set my face towards worship this next year, towards really paying attention and being intentional about what I do during our times of worship when we gather together as a body. My second conviction, the thing that I feel like God is putting on my heart to pay attention to in this next year, uh, my second one is I want to be more selfless and less selfish. Now, I had to practice that particular phrase a handful of times. More selfless and less selfish. And here's the, here's the kicker about this one, is I already think I'm pretty good at this one. I already think that I'm pretty good at being selfless, which is probably a pretty good indicator that I'm not that good at it. <laughs> if you think about it, if you think that you're good at being selfless, it means that you're not being stretched, uh, that you're not being uh, tested, that you're not growing at all. And this is typically how I feel. People ask me, well, are you a selfless person? Yes. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, and hopefully they'll say something like, well, just give me a high five, and that's easy, and I can move on. So typically I think of myself as a pretty selfless person. But if I think about who the person of Jesus is, and if I think about the verse that we've read together today, that halfway through Jesus' ministry, Luke tells us he set his face towards Jerusalem. And he knew what was at the end of that road. He knew that there was a cross waiting for him there. He knew that the people weren't going to accept his message, and that ultimately he'd have to die for them. He knew that that was the case. And if Jesus was willing to be that selfless, I think I've got some growing to do myself. I feel convicted to be more and more like Christ, to give more and more of myself away. And it's not going to be easy, and it's going to hurt, because I'm not very flexible, literally. Okay, my third conviction. The third thing that I feel like God has placed on my heart, the thing that I want to pay attention to this year, and I think this one's the most important, I think it includes the other two as well. And I think this one might just be something that the global church needs to pay attention to. I feel convicted to do a better job of loving the other. Over and over again in the Gospels and in the New Testament, the, the writers of these stories tell us that the message of what God is doing in this world is to love. To love God and to love one another. And as we read through the stories of Christ and as we hear about the early churches that Paul plants and as we look at the whole witness of the New Testament over and over and over again, we see examples of people who have no reason whatsoever to even like each other. And they're willing to give up everything for the sake of the other person. Not people who are like them. Not necessarily people who are from the same places or who think the same ways. People who are truly other than they are. And over and over and over again, we see story after story of how this is so enticing and how people can't wait to participate in this kind of love. And it's not just a love that says, I'll do anything for you if you'll do something in return for me, or if we get along, I'll do something for you. It's a love that says, I'm willing to give up everything I have for you, for your needs, for what you think is important. I think across the world, the whole church 
needs to practice loving the other. Loving the person who's not like you, the person that grinds your gears, the person who you can't stand the sound of their voice. I think across the globe, the church would be better if we felt this conviction to love the other better. I think these are things that Jesus showed us how to do. I think these are examples of things that that we have seen in action from the early church. And for me personally, there are things that I feel like I need to pay attention to this year, that I need to be intentional about. Now, these may not be the same convictions that are upon your heart. There may be a different conviction. Perhaps you want to focus uh, within your own family on a particular thing, uh, worshiping together, taking communion together. Perhaps you want to focus on serving others, uh, on on going into places uh, that you wouldn't normally go and finding opportunities to help somebody else. The sky's the limit. But chances are, God has placed something upon your heart, whether it's in the past year, the past month, past week. And there are opportunities for us to listen to God's Spirit as it leads us in this next year. As we reflect and we remember 2018, as we anticipate the new beginnings ahead of us in 2019, God is working in our midst. God is laying a conviction upon your heart. So here's what I want us to do, because I, I want to give everyone an opportunity to participate, to respond if you would like to. Uh, and I'm going to give you a couple of different ways to do it, because I know that not everybody wants to stand up on stage, or not everybody feels comfortable getting up and moving around uh, and, and going someplace else. So I'm going to give you a couple of different options of ways that you can participate in sharing your convictions with our church family, with your church family today. The first is, uh, uh, is to come and share them publicly. Uh, to come and, and, and to come up here and, and to, before the whole church to say, I feel like God is convicting me to do this. Now, but let me say this, because it's always dangerous when I invite anyone and everyone to come up and, and use a microphone. Uh, everyone has already listened to a sermon today. Uh, so if you do feel like you want to share uh, your conviction publicly, uh, please make sure that this is a very personal conviction, something that God is leading you to, uh, and that you're not preaching a sermon to us today. Uh, But I do want to give you that opportunity because my convictions aren't more important than your convictions. So if you'd like to share your convictions publicly here in just a minute, we're going to sing a song together. And if you'd like to to share yours uh, from the stage to the whole church, please come down to this front row, and and we'd love for you to have the opportunity to do that. Uh, The second way is is a private way. Uh, Maybe you want to share your conviction, but you're not comfortable sharing it with a room this size. Uh, So perhaps during the course of this next song, you can turn to a trusted neighbor, a friend, or a spouse a loved one, and say, this is what I feel like God is convicting me to do this next year. Would you help me uh, along this journey? Would you pray for me right now? Would, would you remember me next week and, and as the new year has begun? Would you remember to pray for me in this conviction that I feel led to? Uh, okay, so you can do it publicly. You can do it privately. Uh, you can do it personally. Uh, some of you are not sharers, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I'm typically not a sharer. I would have chosen this option if I had the choice, uh, but I'm up here, so I had to share. I had to go first. Uh, But if you want to share personally, uh, in your bulletin today, there is a section for notes, and I invite you during the course of this next song to simply write down one or two things that God is convicting you of. Then you can take that bulletin and you can use it as a bookmark in your Bible. That way, every time you open up your Bible to read, uh, there it is. It's right there, and you can remember, oh yeah, at the beginning of this year, I said, I, I, I thought about, I prayed about how God was convicting me in this way. And it can be a reminder to you. You can put it on your refrigerator. You can put it on your mirror in your, in your bathroom. Uh, whatever you need to do to remind you of that conviction.
Okay, that's the third way. So we've got public, we've got private, we've got personal. I want to offer you a chance to share your convictions communally also. And the way that we're going to do this is uh, we have a couple of elders here today, and they're going to gather around the sides of the room uh, like, like, like they typically do at this time of our service, and they're going to be ready to receive you. Uh, they're going to be ready for you to come and share your conviction with them. And, and I, I've kind of prepped them ahead of time, and I, and I gave them the assignment to bring a piece of paper or to write it down in their phone uh, who you are and what you said your conviction is so that they can follow up with you throughout the course of this next year. So they can look back and say, oh yeah, I remember this person said that they felt convicted to do this. I want to pray for them about that. And I want to let them know that I'm, I'm, I remember that and that I'm praying for them over that. Okay, does that sound good? I, I hope I've, I've given you enough options that you'll feel comfortable to respond uh, in, in any way that you can, uh, in any way that you want to. So here in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to worship together. And if you would like to share your convictions publicly, uh, remember, please come down here to the front so that we can uh, make sure that you have the time to do that. Uh, and it, it, our elders are going to gather. You can go to them. You can turn to your neighbor uh, on either side and share with them, or you can simply write it down in the bulletin today. Uh, here in just a moment also as we sing, I'd like to offer an invitation for baptism as well. For perhaps you've been thinking, and one of the convictions upon your heart is to join into the story of Jesus through baptism. And so I'd invite you to come and visit with me as we stand and worship together here in just a moment as well. Church, 2019 is just around the corner. We have an opportunity to reflect and to remember what 2018 held in store. And we have an opportunity for a new beginning, a fresh start in Christ in 2019. Would you stand and worship with us?